I ought to have God's blessings on your life and what I've got on the screen is what you're being handed out there. It's in your hands. And uh, <clears throat> I want to talk to you here tonight about some things that has been a blessing to me. And also, uh, there's a flip side to the coin that I'm going to talk about as well. And if you will look with me here in Psalms 91, I'm going to start with this scripture reading of this scripture in chapter 91 here of Psalms because it talks about how good God is to all of us who know him, serve him, walk with him, and believe in him and trust him. And if you live for God today, folks, you will not go wrong if you stay with the Lord, stay committed to him, love God with all of your heart. Jesus will never fail you. He'll never fail you. Now, sometimes we can have ups and downs, and the enemy will come around and try to make you think God's failed you, but he never will. Never has, never will. I'm going to give you some scriptures and some subjects here on this tonight with the help of the Lord. And uh, <clears throat> if you look with us here in Psalms 91.1, this is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, is Psalms 91, because it is a confirmation of God's support strength, encouragement, and his blessings upon people who will live for him and walk with him. Praise the Lord. I'm going to read a few verses to you here. I'm going to read from 1 down through 6, if you will <clears throat> look with me very closely here. <clears throat> he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That secret place, praise the Lord, is our prayer life, it is our closeness with God. It is our time that we spend with the Lord that nobody but me and you and God and me and God, whoever is talking about, that we have that relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a very special place with the Lord. Very special place. The Lord told his disciples one time, he says, I don't call you servants, I call you friends. Because a man will not reveal to his servants what he is going to do but a man will reveal to his friends what he's going to do. God speaks to our hearts. He guides and leads us and directs us and keeps us. And we have a special place in the Lord. So I'm going to finish reading here. 91.1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. <clears throat> Surely he shall, he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers. This is like a mother hen or a bird does her chicks, her little ones. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thy trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Verse 5. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror of by night, nor of the arrows that flieth by day. Now, this is encouraging to all of us because as we go along, there's going to be more and more stories and things that we hear, troubles. The Bible says there will be wars and rumors of wars. Nations shall rise against nations. That's brought out in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. One day I'm going to talk to you about that show you scriptures on it and where all that, what all that means to us today. 
But you and I can walk with God and hold fast to God's way and his truth, and God will never fail us. It goes on to say in verse 6, Nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. I'm jumping down here to verse 10. <clears throat> there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Well, this is a lot of encouraging statements here. This is what the Lord says, if you abide in him, you'll have all of these protections. It's like a shield over us, that God will give us a protection over him. Now look at verse 11 here. <clears throat> For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Look at that. He shall give his angels charge over thee. To keep thee in all thy ways. This is not in your notes, but turn to, to back to, you're in Psalms there, Psalms 91, uh, 11. Look at nine, uh, Psalms 34, 7. Psalms 34, 7. And uh, this is what it says in Psalms 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and dwelleth and delivereth them. I want you to notice this statement because two places here in the Bible it says God's angels are around us. Now, you don't see them. They don't always talk to you. You know, you don't, you don't always hear from the angels or nothing like that. You wonder where are the angels, but they're there. They're there. And <clears throat> this is 34, 7 says, The angels of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. <clears throat> Incidentally, while you're in that 34th chapter of Psalm, in the ninth verse it says, Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. This is another confirmation to that 91st Psalm. And it goes on to say here in, chapter, in verse 10 here of chapter 37, I know I'm off our chart here a little bit, but it says, The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Shall not want any good thing. Uh, and then finally in verse 15 of that same 34th chapter, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cries. So this is just another psalm who it, that is stating that God is always looking after his people and always looking out for those and... His eye is always upon us, and we'll never, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Praise the Lord. The best things in life is, is in living for God. That's the best life you can ever live is walking with God. It's the truth. It's the best life you'll ever live. And uh, it'll keep you from all the things in this world that are no good. I've heard the old saying, it'll cost you everything to live for God. No, no. It'll cost you everything that's no good. Yeah, okay. You'll have to give up the no good stuff, right. But that's worth giving up. Because the no good stuff for you, praise the Lord, is what we don't need anyhow. You don't need smoking, you don't need drugs, you don't need drinking, you don't need gambling, you don't need... I can go on and on and on with all the stuff we don't need. And that's what living for God will cost us. It will cost us those things that are no good. Praise the Lord. But the good things of life, the good things in this world... And eternity to come, praise the Lord, is all in walking with God, serving the Lord, and keeping his commandments. 
and doing as God has instructed us to do. Praise the Lord. I'm going on here in, uh, in and I'm, st- I'm back here in Psalms 91 now. And I just read in verse 11, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Now I'm going to verse 14 of that 91st chapter of Psalms. Verse 14. And this is God speaking now to mankind. This is God speaking. Or speaking to the righteous man or woman. Because he hath set his love upon me, that is our love upon God. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. Praise God. Verse 15, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Look at all of these promises God has promised us. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. If you recall when Jesus was born... There was a guy named Simeon that was that hung around the temple all the time. And whenever Jesus was brought into the temple to be named and circumcised on the eighth day by his mother and father, Joseph. Joseph, of course, was not his earthly father at all, but his, I mean, was not his real father, but God was. And Mary brought him in at that time. Simeon was moved by the Holy Ghost to go there and take the child in his arm. And he said, now mine eyes have seen the glory of God. Lord, thank you for this great privilege that I have lived long enough that I've seen God's glory come into this life. He said, now, and he gave it back and said, now your servant can go and die in peace because I've seen the glory of God. I wondered if he read this verse. I wondered if God didn't speak to him way back there and told him, and he said, you know, that I will be with him and I will give him this promise here. He said, he shall call upon me and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Show him my salvation, which was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came as a salvation from God to us that we might be saved. Praise the Lord. So there are many wonderful things that God has given us. Now, I want to talk about the blessings of God. If you will look at number one here. Where's my pen? You look at number one here, the blessings of God to the righteous are built into the word of of God. They're in there. They're all right here, folks. And if we love the word, we hold fast to the word, we believe the word, trust the word, and keep the word, God will keep his blessings upon us. Nothing can shake you from his blessings if we walk with God and keep the word of the Lord. Now, I'm going to give you some examples here. And if you go to A here, the examples, number A here is, prosper, is, uh, is prosperity. How to be blessed with your finances and your monetary life and so forth. That prosperity. I'm going to give you a few scriptures here. and Some of them are very common with us, and I know it. So just uh, hang in there with me on these things. If you look at Malachi, I'm going to talk to you about paying tithes and offerings. Paying tithes and giving giving in the offerings. What the Bible says, remember now, it's in the word of God. You'll find the answer in the word of the Lord. It's, it'll always be there. And uh, here's what it says in Malachi 3.10. And I don't know, I, as far as I know, everybody in this building here tonight pays tithes. So this is not for you. This is for those out there that don't, you know. 
or people that's got question marks. Don't have questions, just do it because God's word says that. Look at 310. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me. The Lord says, prove me. Now, herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Wow, what powerful, what a powerful promise that is. Now, I can show you a, a fistful of scriptures in the Bible about tithes, but I won't go any further. Just this one verse, all I'm going to read to you. But that's enough. But the Bible says, the mouth of two of the witnesses, let it word be established. There's a whole bunch of them. But he says here, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. My, what a powerful verse that is for my finances. I'm talking about living for God and walking with God and being blessed financially. His blessings of financial blessings upon us. Look at verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall he your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, neither saith the Lord of hosts, and so forth. And then verse 12 says, All nations shall call you blessed. Now, I'm just saying here that God's blessings are just built into his word. And if we abide by them, keep them, walk with them, God will always bless us. Now, the Lord was talking to Israel. And Israel had begun to fail on this. I'm backing up to verse 8. I just read 9 down through those other verses. Look at, I'm backing up to verse 8. It says, will a man rob God? Because he says then tithes and offerings is robbing, or tithes is robbing God. Tithes, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? And then he goes on to say, in tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings. We have robbed God. So there are things that belong to God. And if we will always give that 10% of our wages to God and 10% of our increase, God will always bless his people. I won't go into all the detail there. But, folks, trust me, it will work, it will work, it will work. Praise the Lord. I've known people that have said that if God will bless them, they'll double their tithes. They'll double their tithes. I said, don't wait for God to bless you. Just double them and let them, then he'll bless you, you know. People said, if he'll do this, then I'll do that. No, no, you do it, then God will do it. You get the message there? Praise the Lord. But I'm just saying God wants us to be blessed financially, and he has promised that he will do all of that. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Look in 2 Corinthians 9. Look at this. This is about offerings here. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. I'm going to this next verse right over here. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Now he's talking about giving here. He that will that sow sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Let me just say this. That's just common sense. Uh, a farmer, if he wants a big crop, he's got to throw the seed out there. You've got to get the seed in the ground. Praise the Lord. If you say, oh, I don't want to give out too much seed. I want to keep it back for, for my food or for myself. And I just don't think it really needs all that much. Uh, no, no, no. That's not what the Lord says here. 
This is in the New Testament now in 2 Corinthians. He that sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully, and he that sows sparingly shall also reap uh, sparingly. So vice versa, I think I had it backwards there. Verse, verse 7. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. So let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God loveth a cheerful giver. He's talking about giving here. Uh, if you'll notice, if you have not noticed, take, take note of it. But when the offering is received in this church, if you'll notice, there's people that clap their hands. And you know what that clapping of the hands is all about? It's about them giving cheerfully. In other words, we clap for this, we clap for that. But we're going to clap because we have the opportunity and the chance to give. That's what that's all about. Praise the Lord. Tom Bailey, is he here tonight? I guess he's not here. But Tom, he's big on that. He believes in clapping your hands because he said that's where God's blessings come. God has blessed him over and over many times. Many of you, of course, as you well know. Okay, I'm going to move on here because it goes on to say in verse 8, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. And this is the Lord talking about giving, the faithfulness of God. God is so very faithful in giving, praise the Lord. So we're always a giver, a giver, praise the Lord. We give in our tithes, that belongs to God, that goes to God. But we also give in offerings, praise the Lord. We do for missionaries, we do for to help the poor. We do this for this and that. In fact, helping the poor, uh, let me go a little bit a step further on that. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. And this is in Luke 6.38. Now, if you have got Acts 2.38 memorized, memorize Luke 6.38. <laughs> Instead of a two, it's a six. And instead of Acts, it's Luke. But Luke 6, 38. And if you've got a pen and got your Bible, put a ring around this verse, folks, and don't ever forget it. This is the words of Jesus. This is not the words of Paul. It's not the words of Peter. It's not the words of, uh, of, of uh, James or John. In the New Testament, these are the words of Jesus himself. Look what he says. 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over. I mean, that's like, that's like if you had a basket and you was trying to get it full, you just, you'd press it down and shake it like that, and just run it over. It says here, give, that it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give into your bosom? For with the same measure that ye met with all, it shall be measured to you again. So how you give out to the work of God, to the kingdom of God, the things of God, and to others, is the way God will also have others bless you and give unto you. Now you say, Brother Myers, can you prove that? It's in the Word. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Stay with the Word and you'll always be right. It's the Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let me give us a couple of scriptures over here in the Old Testament that, <clears throat> that I, I really like. I'm going to go to here to, to Proverbs. Look at Proverbs a minute. 
Years ago, I, I was going through some trials and tests, and the Lord showed me this verse. And I said, wow, man, God just, he's, knows how to bless us. He'll bless us if we just do his word. Look at this, 1917. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto God. Look at that. You don't give unto the poor. You lend to God. Everybody see that? That's a powerful verse. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord. And that which he hath given will he pay him again. Whatever you give, you, you, if you ever give to the poor, God's going to give it back to you. That's what it's saying here. He that lendeth to the, to the poor, God shall give it back to him. This is another verse in Proverbs. Proverbs 28, 27. 28, 27. I think that's the last one I got there. Proverbs 28, 27. He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack. Look at that. But he that hideth his eyes shall have many of a curse. Now, I, I'm thinking here one time I told this a number of years ago about this experience I had. But uh, I was driving around town someplace and I came across somebody that was asking for money on the street. You know, you see them all the time. And uh, you have to be careful because some people... They almost get the traffic jammed up if you try to stop the traffic and everything. So you have to be careful about it. But I saw this person and my heart was touched and I gave him a five dollar bill. I went from there to McDonald's to get lunch. I went in there and I ordered the counter to go sit down then ordered my stuff and Everything, they hash it all up, hamburger, french fries, whatever it was, I can't remember. And they finally gave it to me. And I said, how much? They said, no charge. I said, no charge? They said, no, somebody in the back there is taking care of it for you. Really? Okay. I think it was like about $8 or something like that. Oh, I went, I went there, I had a drink, I ordered a drink and everything. I went there and sat down. Place I ate and ate and ate and ate and everything. And just before I got through, another one of those people behind the counter came there and sent me down a, a Sunday with ice cream and all kinds of <laughs> chocolate and stuff on all over it. I said, What's this? They said, That same person said, Give this to you as well. I said, Really? And I ate it and I went back and I said, who is the person? Somebody in the back window waved at me. It was one of the sisters in our church. She saw me come in and she picked up the tab because if you work there, I think you get discounts and all that kind of stuff. I don't know all the details, but yeah, she's taking care of everything. She waved at me. I asked the girl, I said, what's the, what was the bill on what I would have paid? They said $10 and some odd cents. I gave five down the street. I went there and somebody else gave me 10 and that scripture came right back to me. Shall men give into your bosom? Now that's such a simple thing. It's little, insignificant. But if God can do it in the little things, he can do it in the big things, folks. God bless you folks who are givers and God loves you. And he'll never leave you, forsake you. <clears throat> so this is the prosperity. God's promised that he would bless us in giving. Praise the Lord in all things. And if we give to the poor, God will bless us. Now, 
I want to go to this next verse. If you'll go to Galatians 5.22 with us. This is uh, speaking about the, uh, excuse me, <coughs> about other things besides prosperity. Not only does God give us prosperity, but he also gives in walking with God and serving the Lord and, and being his child. He also gives us happiness. Happiness. Now, you will not find the word happiness in the Bible. Happy is in the Bible. And, uh, but not happiness. Happiness is not in the Bible. But the word joy is filled all through the Bible. The joy of the Lord, we sing, the joy of the Lord is my strength. How many of you remember that song? Let's see some of you. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I, don't know, I forgot the rest of it, but anyhow, it's all about the joy of the Lord is my strength. Praise the Lord. And, and the joy of the Lord comes with the Spirit of God. It's the, the fruit of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. God's Spirit that moves upon us and blesses us and keeps us and we walk with God and we have the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit inside of us. Same thing. Ghost, Spirit, same word. And we have that Spirit inside of us. So the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, in the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, it tells us all about the gifts of the Spirit. But here in one little verse, it gives us a little statement here about the fruit of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Notice there's only one fruit, just one word, fruit. Not fruits, but fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. I want you to notice here some of these wonderful words that are in here. Praise the long-suffering is tolerance. You know, sometimes you sort of endure things. You put up with things. You go, you just sort of hang in there. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You just hang in there. Praise the Lord. But that comes by, that comes by the fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness, being good and kind. Goodness, faith. Meekness, that's uh, not being a high mind or a bully. Meekness, temperance. On an even keel. On an even keel, not going this way or that way, not being this way or that way, but just being tempered in all things, being sort of, you know, even keel. Don't get too mad, don't get too sad, don't get too this way, don't get, you know, just try to keep it even keel. That all comes about by the fruit of the Spirit. God's Spirit will help us to stay on an even keel so that we don't get all bent out of shape over one thing or all carried away on something else. Everybody say praise the Lord. All right. <clears throat> now, I want to turn the coin over here. I'm going to talk to you a little bit here about this. Barriers to blessings. Now, in our walk with God and serving the Lord and all of these blessings that God has promised upon us, we can lose them. There's not any of us that can that is is so ingrained that we cannot lose these things if we listen to the voice of Satan and follow any of these things that may prop up against us. Now, just hear me out here on this because this is very important. We can lose what we have, and this is the coin on the other side. Because God has given us a free will. Every one of us have a free will. 
and we choose to live for God. That's why you want to go to church, folks. Just keep on going to church like you're doing. God bless all of you that are here. To you who are not here, go to church. Praise the Lord. Be in the house of God and worship the Lord. And when you're there, worship him. That's heard somebody say the other day in one of their, uh, I think in one of our evangelists or speakers, when you're in church, don't mess with your checkbook. Don't mess with your cell phone and don't mess with twiddling papers and don't mess with little notes to each other. But praise the Lord, I'm here to worship God and honor God and glorify the name of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. And if we will do that, God will keep his hand on one and worship the Lord. And when you're at home, have a time of pray, a, a prayer and a time that you can uh, have devotion with God. Uh, have your morning devotion. If you're reading the Bible through, that's a good time to have your devotion time. Have it whenever is convenient for you in the daytime. But have a time that you can spend with God in prayer and in walking with God. Now, the barriers to, to these things, <clears throat> let me talk to you about that. I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 13, verse 58. Look at this very closely with me. <clears throat> Matthew thirteen fifty eight. We're right here. All right. When he was coming to his own country, he he taught them in their synagogue in so much that they were astonished and said, "Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works?" This was Jesus coming into his hometown of Nazareth, where he grew up. Not where he was born, he was born in Bethlehem, but he grew up in Nazareth. And so he had gone out into the ministry, he was preaching, God was beginning to move and use him in a lot of places. He came back to his own place. And he couldn't, and, 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 and uh, whence hath this man so mighty works? Look at 55, is not this the carpenter's son? They all begin to say, this is, this is one of us. This is Joseph the carpenter. Isn't this his son and not his mother called Mary? And it goes on to say, this is not in your notes here, but I'm reading it in the Bible. <clears throat> and his brethren, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas. James was the first pastor of the church of Jerusalem. That was, Jesus's brother. That was the son of Joseph and Mary. James was. The son of Joseph and Mary. And he wrote the book of James in the Bible. Judas was later called Jude, and he's one that wrote the book Jude in the Bible. He's another brother of Jesus through Mary. Of course, this was the son of Mary and Joseph, not Jesus. He was not the son of Joseph, except as God had put him there to be his earthly father. Now, he goes on to say here in verse 56, and his sisters, he had sisters, plural. They'll say how many, but he had sisters. Are they not with us? Whence? Then hath this man all these things. Where, how come he has all of that? Look what it says in verse 57. <clears throat> and they were offended in him, but Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not with honor, save in his own country and, 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 and in his own house. In other words, he's with honor everywhere else he may go, a prophet. But he is not with honor in his own house. His own country. Now look at verse 58. This is where I'm going with this. This is our verse. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. They said, this guy is a guy that grew up in our town. I can't believe he's got all this. I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. 
because this power of healing and all the miracles that he's doing, that's what the Messiah will do when he comes. He's not the Messiah. He grew up right here in our own, our own backyard. And because of their unbelief, <clears throat> Jesus could do no miracles. Now, notice what I'm saying here. He cannot work where there's unbelief or does not work where there's unbelief. Jesus can work anywhere, but he does not work because of unbelief. And so this was one of the problems that they had there. Uh, I'm going to go also to, uh, to Romans, if you look with me, Romans 11, 20. And it's simply a simple verse, and it says, Well, because of unbelief, speaking of the Jews that rejected Jesus as the Messiah, Speaking of them, well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. As he's typing, he's making them a type of the olive tree, and the real olive branches were broken off, and we who were Gentiles were grafted in into that olive tree. And so we have branches, and we flourish, and we grow. And then so he's talking about all of that in this 11th chapter of Romans. And when he comes to verse 20, he says, talks about the Jews, well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith, be not high-minded, but fear, because the Jews are broken off because of unbelief in their heart. Then he goes on to say in verse 21, for if God spare not the natural branches, take heed that he also spare not thee. In other words, if you get into that spirit of unbelief, you can lose out what you've got. Just like they lost it, you can lose it. So he's giving them a caution here. So unbelief can be a thing that will cause us not to have the blessings of God. Folks, if it's in the Word, believe it. How can I say it? If it's in the Word, believe it. Thank God for these, uh, these, these testimonies tonight about these healings. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. That's a Amen. That all came by faith. People believe in God, praying, talking to the Lord, all the things that have been going on in, the, in, the, in these services and our walking with the Lord and serving Him. Things that's happened in your life that's maybe not healing, but there are other things. Open, doors opening up and all kinds of things, all because that we have faith in God and we believe in the Lord. Praise God. Amen. So the Bible gives us a little tip off here about not having, uh, not having unbelief in our lives. Now I'm going to move on here uh, to secret sins. Look, look at this one. This is a barrier to the blessings of God. If we have secret sins in our life, now listen to me carefully on this. I want you to go to Luke chapter 7. And uh, this is where Jesus got in a ship with his disciples along about Capernaum, which is over in the western part of Galilee, the northwestern corner there of Sea of Galilee. And he went across the northern part of the Sea of Galilee over to the country of the Gadareans, which is on the east side of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, he went over there, and these people sort of lived by themselves over there. And uh, look at verse 26. And they arrived at the country of the Gadareans, which is over against Galilee. That means across the, the, the Sea of Galilee. <clears throat> verse 27. And when he went forth... To land, there met him out of the city a certain man which had devils long time and wore no clothes, neither abode in any house but in the tombs. This guy went around in the tombs and lived in the cemetery and carried on, carried on, carried on, carried on. 
and everything. And when he came down and saw Jesus, the devils began to call out to him. And I won't go into detail. We'll read all that. But the devils began to cry out. And the devils began to say to him, why have you tormented us before our time? And uh, look at verse 30. Jesus asked him, saying, what is thy name? And he said, legions. This is the devils talking out of him. Because many devils were entered into him. Verse 31, and they besought him, the devils did, in the man. They besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. Swine were pigs or hogs. And Jews were not supposed to eat pork. They were forbidden of that in the Bible. They're not to eat pork. And there was a big herd of these these pigs that was being taken care of. I'll get to that in a minute. There was a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain, and they besought him, the devils did, that he would suffer them to enter into the, the swine. And he allowed them, suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. So all that big herd of pigs all drowned. Then the, uh, verse 34, when they that fed them, fed them, huh? They which fed them, that means there were Jews that were feeding the swine and taking care of them. They were their swine. You understand what I'm saying here? That was their swine. When they fed them what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the, and, and in the country. All their pigs are all dead. They're in the river because of what Jesus did. Look at verse 35. Then went they went out to see what was done. And came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind, and they glorified God. And they praised the Lord. And they worshiped God. Because this man from their own country, their own town, was now restored. Right? Is that what it says? No, no, that's not what it says. And they were afraid. They also told them that what means he had possessed of the devils was healed. They could look at verse 37. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes round about besought him to depart from them. Get out of our coast. We don't want you here. Go leave, leave, leave. For they were taken with great fear. And he went up into the ship and returned back again. Now he told the man that was healed, he said, you go into the town and you begin to testify and you begin to witness and you stay faithful to God and walk with God and be a witness unto that city. Because they needed it. But folks, there were no miracles in that city except that man. Now just think for a moment, were there any blind people in that town? Were there any lame people in that town? With our people sick, afflicted, blind, all kinds of conditions and, and situations that was in that town. 
And Jesus could have gone with them. They said, oh, thank you, Lord, for coming to our shore and being a blessing to us. But you know why they didn't? Because their pet sins was discovered and destroyed, which was keeping the swines. They were, in other words, they had a black market business going in which they was growing it and eating pork for themselves. And then they were selling it to the other Jews that would buy it. And they'd go into the villages and they'd say, you need a little pork? You know, you need a little, little pork? I got some. Got some I can give you. Oh, really? Oh, really? You got some? Yeah. And so they'd, they'd write them up, you know, and take the money and put it in their pocket. And they had a business going in the whole town because they were over on that side of Galilee, away from everybody else. They were doing all this stuff on the slack. It was their secret sin. You understand what I'm saying here? Their little secret sin. And it cost them the privilege of Jesus being there and doing many miracles among them. Now, just let me say this. If you've got any secret sins in your life, get rid of them. I don't think anybody here that I know of has. God bless you. Amen. I love every one of you. But if there's anything in our lives that shouldn't be there, get rid of it. Praise the Lord. Just get it out of your life. Don't try to hang on to the little old thing and everything. No. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And God will bless you and he'll honor you for it. So don't keep it in secret sin. Let me show you another one real quick here. I'm, we're on a roll here and getting right on down the line. Look at Joshua 7, 1. Joshua 7, 1. The children, of Israel, the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. Now, let me tell you what happened here. The Lord told the children of Israel to march around the walls of Jericho seven times. Seven days, once each day for, seven, for six days. And on the seventh day, march around the walls seven times. And at the end of that time, blow your trumpets and give a shout. And God will do the rest of it. <coughs> and then the Lord said, I'm going to destroy that city. And when you go in, destroy everything in that city. Everything. Everything. Because it's the curse of God. It's all the curse of God is upon it. And everything. Don't take anything out of it. All the gold and silver is mine. Goes into the house. And it will be used to be put in the temple of God. But it will go into the house of God. Gold and silver. Everything else, forget it. Now, look what happened here. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, he was one of the uh, men. Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of, of Zibdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And I might just add, and I think I've even spoken on this, mentioned everything, but Achan was just 25 miles from his inheritance, folks. 25 miles. And he did, a, he did a wicked thing. I'm jumping over here to verse 21. This is what Achan finally confessed that he did. He saw a Babylonian garment. He said, when I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver... And a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight. Then I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are hid in the, in the earth in the midst of my tent. Now, I want you to notice here he coveted. He took 
and he hides. Anytime you covet a sin and then you take it or partake of it or whatever, then you try to hide it. It's always a third step. You try to hide it. So I hid it. And so nobody would ever, ever know it. But it was a curse. And, of course, God revealed it unto the people. And consequently, it cost Achan his life. It cost him his life. Now, I'm just trying to tell us this, folks. Praise the Lord. Walk with God. Believe in the Lord. Trust the Lord. And don't have any secret sins in our lives. Achan had a little secret sin he was hanging on to. He was going to be more prosperous. He's going to have a beautiful robe that he wanted to have when he finally got over there. Everybody else wouldn't have those things. He would have it. He'd have gold and silver and all kind of stuff. No, 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 no. The Lord said, no, that's not the way it is. I'm going to give you one more example of this. I'm going to move on here. My time's running thin now. I'm, look at chapter 7 of Joshua. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm back in the same place. Look at... Uh, Second Kings 5. This is a servant of Elisha. This is when Naaman the leper was healed of his leprosy. Naaman came to, to Elisha and he said to Elisha that he was told if he'd go there that man Elisha would tell him how to get rid of his leprosy. So he drove up in front of the house and he said, uh, where's the prophet? I want to see the prophet. I'm out here in my chariot, all my entourage of soldiers and chariot people and horses and all that. Where is Elisha? Elisha said to Gehazi, his servant, go out there and tell him, go dip seven times in the Jordan River and he'll be healed. (coughs) He went out there and he he told him, he said, name it. He said, go dip seven times in the Jordan River and you'll be healed. He said, what? Where is he at? Why don't he come out and tell me? Well, he didn't think it was worth him coming out and talking to you. He's in there praying or he's in there studying the word of God or something. He, he's not, he just told you what you've got to do. And Naaman almost didn't go because of that. But finally, his guy in his chariot with him, he said, look, he said, if you'll go there and just do it, just do it because the man said, try it. So he went and dipped seven times. And he came up and he was cleansed totally from head to toe. No more leprosy. He came back to Elisha. Look at verse 15. And he turned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him. And he said, Behold, now I know, (coughs) excuse me, there is no God in heaven but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. I'm going to give you some things. But he said, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive none. This is what Elisha said. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. And he goes on to say how you said, no, no. Well, then, all right, he said, okay, okay. So Naaman went on his way, and whenever he did, verse 20 says, But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master hath spared him. He saw him leaving. And when Elisha, he thought, wasn't looking, he took off after him and caught up with with Naaman. He said, oh, Elijah says he's changed his mind. Now he will take what you've got. He said, whatever you've got there. And uh, so anyhow, he said he lied to him, told him 
And he says, I will run after, verse 20, but Gehazi, the servant of the Lord, the man of God, behold, my master hath spared Naaman, his spirit, is not in receiving at his hand, which he brought, but as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. And so he went after him. And uh, what happened, to give a long story short here, when he got back, Elisha told him what he had done, and he said, because you have done that, the leprosy that was on Naaman now is on you, Gehazi. You've got those little silver and gold and all that blessings that Naaman wanted to give you. Look at the last verse in chapter 5. The leprosy thereof of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. So Gehazi, who was a man now that should have been blessed of the Lord and everything, now he had all this upon him. Uh, let me give you one more. If you look at C with me, I'm going to close out here. A disobedient spirit. A disobedient spirit. I won't go into detail, but Saul, I'm just going to tell you the story here. Saul, when he was king, uh, Samuel said to him, Saul, I'm going to come over to such such a place. You've got to go into battle and fight the Philistines. I'll come there and offer a sacrifice. I'll be there in seven days. I'll come there. The seventh day rolled around. Samuel wasn't there. Saul said, where is Samuel? Where is Samuel? He's supposed to be on the seventh day. He said he'd be on the seventh day. Where is Samuel? They said he hasn't come. He hasn't come yet. Samuel was the prophet. And Saul was a, was a poor man that had become king and wanted to be king. And he, now he's getting haughty and arrogant, high-minded because he was the king of Israel. Where is, where is Samuel? They said, he's not here. So finally, he said, well, I'll offer a sacrifice. I'll offer it myself. I'm not going to wait for Samuel to come. So he bring in, bring the sacrifice. They brought the sacrifice there. And Saul, the king, offered a sacrifice unto God himself, which was the, which was what the priest did and the prophets, not the king. And when he t- was finally getting through with all the sacrificing, Samuel showed up. Samuel said, what's going on here? What have you done, Saul? And he says, well, you didn't show up. Yeah, I'm here. This is the seventh day, and the seventh day is not over with, and I'm here. You did not wait. And because you did not wait, you got high-minded and arrogant, God's going to take the kingdom away from you. You have lost it. He's taken it away from you, and he's giving it to somebody else, and he's going to take the kingdom away from you. So Saul lost his kingdom. Because he had this disobedient spirit about him. There's also the worldly spirit, a worldly spirit. And I'm going to conclude with this. If you look over here with me in 1 John 2 and 15, this is such a familiar verse of scripture. It's one of the first scriptures I ever learned when I was first saved at 16 years old. One of the first scriptures I ever learned. A dear sister in our church said to me, Brother Myers, here's a scripture, learn it and don't ever forget it. I don't know why she thought I needed it, but, I, I, but maybe God told her I needed it or I would need it. So here's what it is. B15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Look at that. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that is in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, 
is not of the Father, but is of the world. And look at verse 17. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And folks, that's where this is all going. If we walk with God, serve God, keep his commandments, God will keep his hand on us, protect us, and keep us all the days of our lives and be with us. He'll give us happiness in this life. He'll prosper us. He'll bless us. He'll be good to us. But we're going to be tested from time to time, but that's all right. We keep on believing this book. It's all in the book here. Keep on breathing there. Keep your prayer life going. Praise the Lord. Finally, in, in the last scripture that I'm going to read to you here, and I'm concluding now. This is the last one that you will find here in Second Timothy. And I've used this a lot of times, and I won't give the story behind it tonight. But in Second Timothy 4, this is Paul writing the last words that he had ever write in an epistle. This was his last epistle, and he was coming down to the end of it. And he said, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. And then he goes on to say, Crescens to, uh, to, has gone to, uh, Galil uh, to uh, Galilee, and uh, Titus unto Dalmata, Dalmatia and, Gal and Galatia. Galatia and Dalmatia. Now, I'm only telling you that because... He was saying here, Demas hath forsaken me. Because in other scriptures, when Paul would write, he said, Demas is with me. Demas is here with me now. But then he said, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. That's why he left Paul. He loved the world more than he loved living for God, going through trials and tests with Paul. Folks, we may go through trials and, we, and tests, but God will never fail us. And one day we'll walk streets of gold. One day we'll walk streets of gold. Praise the Lord. I believe Jesus is coming as soon. I don't think it's going to be for very long away. Not very far off. A lot of things are beginning to happen. Shape up in this old world. And Jesus is coming back for his people. Walk with God and love him with all of your heart. Be faithful to the Lord. Serve him with all of your heart and soul. Help everybody you can find God. Bring people to church. Amen. Pray with people. Amen. Talk to them. Every chance you get, say a word for the Lord to anyone out there that they may come to the Lord and find God. You never know how God's going to use you to touch somebody else out there that's hungry, that's looking, that's searching, and doesn't know where to find it. Praise the Lord. But one day, God's going to wrap it all up, and we'll walk streets of gold and see Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, and let's just praise him together and thank the Lord here tonight. God bless you. Lord Jesus, we love you and thank you, Lord. Thank you for your many blessings upon us. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your people, God. Thank you for the people of God. We thank you, Jesus, for our time together. Meet back with us again, Lord, at the appointed time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. God is good.